What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Middle cough. Hey, hey! We should address uh, how it came to be that we started recording this show when we started recording the show on Sunday night, John. It was like 75 to 0. So I said, uh, I text you. I'm like, hey, shit, I mean, what's the point in waiting for this blowout? So we came in and then I've looked up. I realized I would be a bad in-game coach because I'm always doing the math. Sometimes I have to grab my, my phone and like 27 minus 35. Oh, so they're down nine. That's a, that's a field goal and a touchdown. Coaches, I think, get a bad rap. It's a little harder than you think yeah. when there's a lot going on. So we need an analytics guy. It's now 35 to 23, and I had to do the math in my head. They're down 12. But it did it did feel like they were down about 30 15 minutes ago. Am yeah, I crazy? It, it did. No, it, I mean, it was 28 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And uh, I did a quick Google search at that point. The Bills, when they came back, the Frank Reich uh, Bills on the Oilers came back. That game was 7-3 to three after one quarter, but it was 28-3 to three at halftime. Then the Bills rolled out, and they scored 28 points in the third quarter. Uh, this has to be the highest scoring first quarter in like NFL history. 28's a lot. In an NFL playoff quarter. game? Yeah, in a playoff game. Yeah, I mean it's. I mean the Browns waited a long time to come out and look fantastic. And by the time you're listening to this, you know – whether or not they choked or not. Uh, well, I start I start tweeting out, remember Marino's last game yeah, against the Jaguars, he lost 62 that. to 7. Yeah. So there were moments when it was 28 to nothing that you're like, well, could this get to like 60 to 10 or something? And just Roethlisberger, this is how his career ends. And, and it did look like he's throwing these weird deflected ball, like nothing. Looks is going old right. and fat and can't move and 
and now they're down 12. <laughs> they're sneaky. Like, there's not like there's eight minutes left. I mean, there's they got four possessions left. I know. And their defense is good. With this, this doesn't feel as I've watched this game to me like the Bills Oilers game. It doesn't feel like that. Well, no. I mean, that part game of their far- huge lead was not. I didn't feel like they were getting shredded. I mean, they kind of did on one drive, but he's throwing picks. I just you know? mean, if they were to come back and win this game, would it be on the level with the Frank Wright comeback? And this, no, that game felt like fans, way more dramatic. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I agree. But this would still be a 28-point deficit. The, to me, the drama is part, like, the crowd missing in this game. We'll, we'll talk McVay, the Seattle game. I do think that impacts a playoff game. Yeah. But for the first time, and I am pro... I commend this league for what they pulled off for my own personal business and entertainment as a human being and my sanity. But, and I think the regular season has been fantastic. Fantastic. I think the playoffs, no fans, feels just kind of like a regular season game. And I don't, it's no one's fault. No. Did you notice that the last couple of days? It was like, the Seattle one just felt like they were playing in October. Well, Seattle's where I really noticed it. Because I'm watching that see, game thinking, you, is John Wolford really going to... And maybe all this stuff would have... You know, who knows how things go. How apeshit would this place be going now down 12, just getting the ball back? They just punted to the Steelers. Yep. The terrible towels. There's a reason out, home field rocking. advantage exists. It's a variety of things. It's travel. It's all... But it's also the noise. And the noise gets louder in the playoffs. I know. So, yeah. We'll, I know. we'll keep an eye on this comeback. Yep. Ho- hopefully Back. you didn't uh, pop a Camino. And <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Actually, maybe it would make the comeback fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did. Or a little so, you got, so let's say I got some orders. Uh, ease.com, promo code ham. Ease.com, promo code ham. Uh, just absolutely a mainstay on the podcast. Or ham10, if you're a returning user, use the promo code ham10 for 10% off. E-A-Z-E.com, promo code ham. $20 off your first purchase of a purchase of $50 or more. Also, for our returning users, ham10. Little ten percent discount. How do you beat a ten percent discount guy? You can't. Uh, Technically, you could, but you can't. Yeah, but so you can use somebody else's email. Get the twenty <laughs> bucks off your fifty dollars or more in your first order. Tell your friends as well. We appreciate that. Got to be twenty one or over. You get verified online in just a few minutes, and then it's just minutes until the friendly delivery driver comes to your door with the. Uh, Damn, I couldn't think. Of, I was hoping I could come up with something <laughs> on the spot, but again, I whiffed. So. Something for the do it uh, right now. Divisional promo uh, code. It's the, for the dank divisional rounds next week. <laughs> John Monday night's the national dankianship Ch- champion dankianship champ chronic hard, cr- chronic. Anyway, ease.com promo code ham. Ease.com promo code ham. All right, there's a bunch of stuff we're gonna get into. Let, should we just go back and forth and some of our favorite things from the uh, playoff weekend? Because this really is. I was talking to a buddy. He said it's his favorite sports weekend of the year because you get the back-to-back divisional rounds and we get the national championship game on Monday. You know, I'm you, people always talk about Thursday, the Thursday Friday first round of the NCAA tournament. I'm part, you know, I'm partial to the first week of the baseball playoffs because you also get college football on Saturday and the NFL on Sunday uh, in early October. Plus, it's a ham birthday week. Um, but you're saying best week or weekend? Just, yeah, what? Just the best couple days of sports in the year. I think there's a few things in that category. This is up there. Although my argument against this weekend is always that there's like some random Saturday night game that stinks, but whatever yeah. you got six meaningful football games, uh, that's pretty good. That's, so we had some good stuff. What uh, what what, do you, what stood out? What you got? I got I got a few things here. 
Yeah, it's, I, I mean, probably Heineke on Saturday night. I, I don't know much about him. Really didn't know anything about him. And they lost. But he was pretty, pretty damn good. Like, it was just, as a football fan, the entertainment value that he brought to the game was dramatic because they were in the game, guy. He's diving for touchdowns, flying around. It was just because I, I had thought coming into that game, it was like, this is like John Walford 2.0. I mean, yeah. What are we doing? What and then it's just time. like, Jesus, is this guy a starting quarterback in the NFL? Well, I'm thinking like, is this guy going to take Tom Brady out? Is this there how the Bucs are going to go down? There was a brief second when I thought they could win the game, which I, that was pretty nuts. I did too. I did too. And then after the game, it was funny because he he's like waiting around to get Brady's handshake afterwards. Because, you know, Brady shakes hands after wins. And uh, waiting and waiting and hovering and hovering and like trying to get to Brady. And I just thought it was it was really cool to watch Heineke. That is how you say his name, right? I feel like we're all saying yeah. it wrong and no one's taking the time to learn it. Yeah. Uh, just to watch him after he almost won this playoff game. This is his second career start. And yeah, I, I think he had played a game in Carolina. Is that what they had said? I don't remember. I that, remember that's how Ron graphics. knew him. He was in okay. Carolina the year before. I'm, I'm pretty sure. But it was cool after the game on the field as everyone's shaking hands to watch this guy hover around Tom like he's a guy trying to get an autograph at the mall. And like you were the starting quarterback on the other team, uh, which was awesome. And and yet Tom was his hero and he almost I mean, if the Bucks had gone out like that, they would have been no, they didn't. That would have been pretty incredible. Shout out he, to Ron uh, He got a start last team. year for the Falcons. 33 of 53 for 275 yards. Touchdown, three picks. He was in the XFL, and he was not the starter on his XFL team. <laughs> wow. So I, it just, it was cool to watch. And yeah. He, but, and the other thing, guys, he's not 23. He's 27. Maybe so. You know? <laughs> I didn't realize he was that old. He went to Old Dominion. I thought this whole time that he went to Michigan State. I don't know. Somebody can tell me. Was there a Heineke that went to Michigan State? I I thought this was the Michigan State guy, and then I found out last night during the game this is a guy from Old Dominion. Which yeah, it is- looks like he just went there right out of high school. So he'd been there the whole time. Another thing that jumped out to me today on the Saints game, yeah, they told Tony Romo, who kind of reminded me of a little of a Heineke type, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame? Like, are they just trying to get a famous guy in there? Wait, Tony I- I know Romo's he had a in career. the College Football Hall of Fame? Well, that's what Jim Nance presented him. I guess he got delivered a football yesterday and he'd been officially announced but, like tomorrow he's going to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. But there are rules for the College Football Hall of Fame. Like you have to be, I'm pretty sure you have to be a fir- uh, uh, first team All-American at one point in your career to get into the College Football Hall of Fame. Well, I think he was a 1AA All-American, maybe. Oh. Yeah, I guess you that, know. Would make, that would make a lot of sense then. Yeah, he got he got into the College Football Hall of Fame. It just, it just felt a little bit like, you know, they're trying to get a famous guy. It just felt a little stretchy. Right, right, I'm not right. trying. I'm sure he was. It, he, but the College Football Hall of Fame is a college. big place. Like, they don't need the they don't need it. Like, they're, it's, it's Atlanta. I was there a few years ago. The Hall of Fame is awesome. It's a, it's They got every single helmet of every team on, on one wall. It's a humongous thing. They got digital. I mean, it's really cool. Highly recommend it. Yeah, he was a first-team All-American. Okay. And the Walter Payton FCS Player of the Year. So he deserves it. Yeah, I mean, he was an incredible... He's an all-timer. As someone that went to Cal Poly and just like the Buck Buchanan Award and some of those type things. In in that division, like he's one of the great players. And also when you have that career, 
Yeah, it's not crazy. But your point is, why did they wait until he was like Tony Romo, famous national TV announcer? Yeah, maybe just as you get older. What's I, the, I mean, he threw whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I'll tell you what I liked. A couple of things that stood out to me: uh, NFL uh, Wild Card Weekend. One, it's fun. One thing I realized watching it finally hit me this weekend because you're watching so much. All these games are on NBC, CBS, Fox, a- ABC. Yeah, and this happens all the time anyway. But it never really sinks into my brain, especially now in like eight months of just most conversations you have with people involve on some at some point during a conversation. Like, what are you watching these days? And you just, oh, here's what I'm watching. I like this. What's that? Oh, it's on Showtime. Oh, it's on Netflix. It is funny to watch a football game on broadcast TV and see all the shows that people who don't have Netflix must be watching. Because people do watch all these shows. Like, these shows get highly rated, right? These CSI shows. Yeah, you know shows. what's funny? I had the same thought. I, <laughs> see, my thought was... Like, who are all the people over All the people over 60 now? I know what they're watching. Well, like, The Mayor. You see that show, The Mayor? <laughs> With Ted Danson? Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Mayor. Uh, my thought is that actually a lot of people don't watch that show. but And then I started thinking, they must. But my overall takeaway is, like, Keenan and The Mayor is, if they're paying those guys each... High six, seven figures. Wait, Let's say they make it eight hundred grand, or well, it's like Keenan. It's another show on CBS, okay. you know, or ABC with you know Keenan, the dude from Saturday Night Live. Oh, I didn't realize he had. A, I see that. I might. Yeah, I might. and I started thinking to myself, if this guy gets like a million dollars a season, he's gonna look back in a couple years. God, network TV was shot. We had no one viewing, and I was getting paid. It was fucking easy, right? Because I, are people watching these shows? You said people are. Maybe, yeah, but yeah, my guess if near. we if we pulled up the t- the most watched things of 2020, it'd be football games and a bunch of things on broadcast TV. Yeah, but to me, the broadcast TV shows are usually like The Mass Singer or shows like that. Yeah. Now, The Bachelor, you never see this to is me, us. NC- yeah, finale. NCIS maybe, but you don't see like the their shows. I, I think. <laughs> that they used to do several million people watching just like yes, a solid. I know. I think now I, my guest guy would be. You know, a couple hundred think, thousand people. Yeah, I think they're still pretty highly viewed. I think it's not an accident that all these NFL, I, the NFL has many advantages. The biggest advantage it has is that it's the NFL, but also that it's on these channels that people just people do watch them. I, I agree, but the the demo though, yes. back in the day, everyone yes. watched yeah, it. Now absolutely. I feel like probably it's fifty and older. Like I, I don't For think. Sure. Anyone our age is going to CBS on a random. To me, a big part of it is like you're you were watching the nightly news on that channel, and now there's something else on, and that you know, and then the shows come on after the news. Um, Sixty minutes. My first thought is Ted Danson. It's like this is a uh, little golden parachute job. There's no question. But But you're right. But there may be more people watching than I gave them credit. I think a lot of people are watching. But I saw the previews for like Clarice, and and my thought was, man, if that show was on Netflix, that'd be cool. I'm watching Fargo. But I DVR'd the whole season. I don't know if you watched the Chris Rock Fargo at all, but we no. DVR'd oh, it. Oh, I tried, but I, I had to watch the commercials. FX has so many. Anyway, what are we doing here? Um, my other takeaway, John, watching, I've watched a full season now of the NFL. And at first I thought, well, maybe something, maybe it was an accident or he just had to grab somebody else's glasses. Ultimate respect, Phil Sims. I'm pretty sure he's been wearing women's glasses for the entire season. <laughs> Is anyone else noticing this? Every time I see Phil, he's got these glasses with like a leopard print on the side, and he wears them for everything. And I just think, I, I don't know. I I'm not positive. Those Is it Phil Sims glasses. in the studio? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just telling. You think you, he's wearing leopard prints? Well, uh, I know they're leopard print. <laughs> 
I've been watching it for several months. I had to say something. I didn't want to say it, but I had to say it. It's been burnt. It's been burning a hole in my brain. So here's my question to everybody out there: Is has anyone else noticed this, or is it just me? I have not. I've kind of made a pact with myself. I try to avoid uh, those shows at all costs. Like I, honestly, have to. that that'll be my when I'll watch like cartoons or like a that's stupid a, movie or whatever. We'll just be run. on TV Sunday morning in the background. Oh, morning I cannot, for sure. I get, I'm talking about halftime yeah. though. Just you'll okay. just keep an eye out. Okay, I will. I will. We both. I think CBS has a Super Bowl too. So we both. Yeah, hopefully, I mean, he's gonna be on the Super, hopefully Romo, the Super Bowl. Hopefully Romo will be there. I thought Romo looked like shit today. I mean, he looked. Does he have Corona? Because he looked. He was well, sweating yeah. at one point. He looked. He looked real. Yeah, clearly, he looked really bad. Well, he 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 always does the. Yeah, I'm just not going to shave for four days before I go on. You know, in front of 25 million people, look, and he pulls it off pretty well. Liner does that. The college version, but Romo looked terrible. Like, I mean, sweaty, hot, looked just bad. I'm guessing he looked like shit. He's sitting under the lights. Uh, Instead of looking at the stadium, he's looking at the screen with a camera. So I bet the lights are on him the whole time, right? As opposed to when you're like, if you look at Nance, you fresh when he's air on camera, blowing in. Yeah, but Nance turns around and the field's behind him when he's on camera. Yeah. Other than that, he's not staring at the lights. Tony's probably got the lights on his face. He's got no one there to do makeup for him. Instead of being on the road for the last three days and of the four seasons by himself, he's at home with the kids. So he's like, yeah. his wife's like, well, Tony, you're here. Can you help me bathe the kids? <laughs> To read them, they got some long division we got to do. So I know he's, he's, he can't taste anything. His back he can't hurts. Taste. He's not hungry. He, 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 yeah, the, can't sleep. I had I had the thought was listen. He's not in great shape. He doesn't look great. Why not just bring Boomer Phil in for the game? And then I had the thought, well, if I was running CBS, I went well. We just paid this guy. 10 years, $170 million. He can't do an NFL. Yeah. We're like, going to have to give Nance a raise because of how much we're paying Tony. <laughs> I know. He's got to do the playoff game. Did you feel they felt obligated, given the money, to get him on uh, today? Because yeah, it was fe- pretty crazy doing it from home. A playoff uh, game? Uh, yeah, I mean, m- money for sure. I just felt like they probably thought, this is a huge game. If we can get Tony on this game, let's get Tony on this game. This game's massive for us. Yeah. yeah. Kind I mean... Bears, but yeah, in terms of ratings and for money, it's yeah, huge yeah. for them. It's an NFL playoff game. I, I hear you. So that was. We both had Lamar. He, he was late a couple times. I don't even blame him. Uh, yeah, they I were mean, off. Just, they were off. Yeah, it was, <laughs> but I don't. Do you know is um, Monday is the national championship game? Have you seen is Herbie going to be there for the semifinal? He was at home, but he might be there by now. Great he question. I don't it. know. Because they are were we, pretty are we, a, are we getting a mega cast with like Jim McElwain and uh, Clay Helton? I watched a few Herb. minutes of the mega cast today on the ESPN. Uh, Lou Riddick, by the way, shout out to Lou Riddick, came on the show, goes on national TV and says the word shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think it's becoming more and more normal to swear. Yeah, I mean, he's not getting in trouble what do, for what it. What do he say? The shit's crazy? Uh, he did. Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, it was like something about how difficult Lamar is to defend, right? Yeah, shit's crazy. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Lamar can really scoot. He can run. We both had him in DraftKings, and uh, I was in great shape after that game, but I fell off here as the day went along. Where did you? Uh, where did things stand for you? And I, I was like twentieth, you know, midway through the Steeler game. It doesn't matter. One thing with Lamar, and I, I've learned this as a fantasy 
in terms of because it always pissed me off when I never played fantasy. I'm like, why don't quarterbacks go first? How can they be the most important player in the game? Yet everyone takes running backs who are the least important people in the game. It always pissed me off about fantasy. Always a lot. I'm not because it was just not a real reflection of the game. It's one of the biggest reasons I always thought it was kind of stupid. I'm like, wait, you guys draft running backs in the first round, and every single person, like the first seven picks, are always running backs. Then you realize that when you pick a quarterback, if he can also run, very valuable. And it's like, I'm watching Lamar. I'm like, is he even going to throw for 150 yards? It doesn't matter because he busts off like that 70-yard run. I'm like, yeah, keep running, I know, Lamar. I did too. And then he has like 180 yards. I'm like, fuck, I understand why everyone loves this fantasy run. And when you have a fantasy running back, you're screaming at him to bust runs. I get it. I, I, I get it. It's one of those things. I always judge those people. And then ever since, I know we've just got in DraftKings promo code ham. There's nothing like having a little skin in the game with a player and he starts busting off a play. You're like, yeah, baby. No question. Michael Thomas was making plays. I don't even like Michael Thomas. But if he's on your squad, man, just keep getting it, baby. A-B scoring touchdowns. I, I When that happened, I was mad at myself for not having him because I'm sure he wasn't that expensive. But I, I've picked him several times. I've done it once. He, he can be a little hit or miss. I, I do think Brady. I'm not even sure if he had a good day outside of that. No, uh, I mean, he had enough points just because of that. To me, if you're a wide receiver... I'm not we're talking way too much fantasy. You get you no if you thing. just have one touchdown and you have like five for fifty, you've done your job in my squad. I always end up with a with a tight end in like the flex position. They're all I want is one score. I always end up with like who'd I have today? The other tight end for the Browns? I don't know why. But what's his name? Uh, I don't know. I had I Jimmy when he had the one hander and ran away. You see that? <laughs> when you had who? What well, you see Jimmy Graham the way the yeah. Bears game ended? Yeah. You see the final play? He scores his touchdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, how many you know, points? He did... steals, and, then he, and then he just ran away in the locker room. <laughs> how many points did he get you? I mean, 10, but he had like two. And then he scores that touchdown. It's like, okay. Uh, there's one other thing I was going to mention to you. Actual football. Oh, it's the Browns game. So this game now, they've scored 40. I think we can say this is over. This is pretty impressive. I mean, my thought watching the game early was just, it's a pretty good reflection for an organization that's had as many problems as they've had of what Kevin Stefanski has done in a short amount of time that he can be gone and the organization, right? Like how do your kids act when, when the parents aren't around and the organization still operates this smoothly? That's really impressive. Well, guy, they went from, as someone tweeted at me, them and the Raiders coming into the season had one winning season over the 18 years. They were the only ones was that it Duke, shitty. Did Josh Dubow text no, that No, it was just a random fan. Oh. It just was like, uh, and then they finally like got a coach, gets from the playoffs. And they, I mean, unless something crazy happens the next 20 minutes, they're going to win a playoff game with their coach at his house. In a, Do you think it's crazy or hyperbole, me saying, I guess it's going to come true, it's the worst loss in playoff history when you factor in at home, to a team in your division that has been a joke, which you guys laugh at, and, and rightfully so, their coach doesn't show up. And Tomlin, they got their, they got killed. Yeah, I mean, I picked the Browns this week, as you heard earlier in the week, that before I knew Stefanski was out. Guy, it's no crazy. coach who's their offensive coordinator. And it's like eight other coaches. I know. Well, but but their offensive coordinator wasn't the head coach. Van Pelt was just calling plays. The other Somebody else was in charge of like uh, the other guy. For, what's his name? He was in charge of like timeouts and all that other stuff, right? And they're missing that guy too? No, well, no, that guy was the coach, and then Van Pelt was calling the plays. Yeah. But the offense, but like you said, the offense the coordinator does not normally call the plays. Yeah. Like to me, Stef- like Stefanski, you go to the Browns and make them a winner. And you- clearly, if you just watch the Browns play, he's a major reason. 
I remove him for a game? The actual game? Because but you can give me 28-3 and the, the Oiler game against the Bills, whatever. Th- those teams had their coach. Like, the, the coach is not even there. But this and Tomlin, and the other thing this is that as, is as Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin is like regarded as one of the best coaches in the league. Yeah, but once the game starts, I'm not really exactly sure what it is that he does. Well, yeah, but he gets credit for being this good coach. His team, guy, they're down 42 to 23 at home. And it feels the, closer than it than it ever was. I had a Browns. Still a lot uh, of time, John. Work with it, We're making moves. The guy here. I work with in Coward, Mike, who's a diehard Browns fan. I, I don't know if he was like just hyping it up. He said, I, Roethlisberger was like 30-1 and one against the Browns. Really? Yeah. I mean, they get killed. They've been terrible forever. Juju got a little overconfident. Can't help but watch uh, the playoffs, John, and Brady. And wonder about what could have been for the San Francisco 49ers. Tom Brady won a playoff game this weekend. Uh, I thought the GOAT graphic they had with postseason wins with him at the top of the mountain ahead of Montana. Almost double, right? Um, I think Montana had 16 playoff wins. Montana's last playoff game, We many of us remember that game. He was uh, 38 years old, John. He was five years younger than Brady is right now. Did you see the visual they had of the oldest guy to play in an NFL uh, quarterback oh my God. NFL playoff game? Or it might have been a regular season game, but it was Blanda and oh Brady my God. and Your one tweet dude. Was so good. He got he looked like he was 67, right? And he was Do you think it's cigarettes? Is was that was the main cause? The cigarettes right? age? Yeah, 43 or 42. I mean, I, whatever. I would say variety of things, right? Cigarettes, travel was just a grind relative to what it is now, probably. <laughs> Diets were awful. Uh, uh, just out so much more. I mean, alcohol. a normal a normal meal in like the late sixties, early seventies for lunch, burger and a shake. Not like a that, lot of salad. Yes, it's not <laughs> a lot know, of greens. It was like, oh, did the? Do you think the chicken cob salad existed in nineteen sixty nine? Back to your original point, they would smoke cigarettes during games. <laughs> now guys get <laughs> oxygen tanks. Yeah. They would smoke. So yes, I. I, and, and, to, and Tom's the rules, gone the extreme John, the, the other rules way. in terms right? of protecting quarterbacks were on a different planet at the time. They didn't. But I'm just talking about his face. I'm I know. just talking about the way the guy looks. He probably worked Tom, in the offseason. Another job. Uh, there were a couple the shots of Brady leaning over. And guy, it looked like he had a hairpiece on. Like it was kind of patched on. Like you could see Brady. the way the plugs were. Well, that'd be the yeah, only flaw. Not a great night for Brady's hair game. That'd be the only flaw. Because everything else... You look great, and you you walk, you you think about where we are now, trying to find a way for the Niners to get like twelve. To, Cam Inman had a really good tweet. I don't know if you saw it the other day. He's like, I've been following along. I'm pretty sure this is what the Niners lineup's going to look like. And then he listed just like Stafford, Trey Lance, Deshaun Watson, uh, just every it went just everybody. It was like nine guys. Uh, I mean, it's a stark contrast to where the Niners are right now. The Bucks are in the playoffs with Tom Brady. I actually think on that list, Wentz was a backup. Uh, that <laughs> guy, he threw for three. Say one thing about the Washington football team. Their defense is pretty good, and their front seven's really good. He threw for 380 yards on them. And you just watch them. For example, Big Ben and Breeze, in my opinion, are shot. Like, they're, they're, they're over the hill. And you can still play when you're over the hill. When I watch those two guys, you could make the argument, like, Ben's even worse. They're both bad in their own little ways. The way they, the way both of them were Hall of Famers, they no longer resemble that guy to me. And I would imagine in over some beers, 
their head coaches, Tomlin has been around what? I mean, 88% of Ben's career, I think I saw Coward this morning, was interviewing Rivers, said that he was with Ben for three years. So if Roethlisberger's been in the league for 17, 18, I mean, Tomlin's been with him the majority of the time. Peyton was with Breeze the entire time. Breeze was Breeze. And it's like those guys, like I'm watching Tom Brady. I don't think he has much in common with them besides like they're just all in the same generation. But like his game, like what is Brady, when you just watch him, besides you know how old he is, he looks like he did five years ago when the Patriots like won yeah, a Super Bowl, right? I, just, I, I would just say on the most basic level, his arm looks much better than both Breeze and Roethlisberger's arms. And it just looks Garoppolo's. like normal Tom Brady, right? Well, Tom Brady has a better arm than Garoppolo. To me, Tom Brady's arm... Is probably as I mean his defining characteristic is you know his mind and his accuracy and work in the pocket, but just throwing the football has always just I don't know if he quite gets enough credit because he always like greatest quarterback ever all these wins I don't think we ever just talk his pure arm it's not like if it was a pitcher ninety nine but he's throwing yeah. ninety four I mean, he knows where it's going to me his his velocity to the sideline isn't like a one right grade A. Yeah. But his deep ball, like you think about the top, the uh, Randy Moss year, his deep ball was, I mean, I sometimes, yeah. you know, I put it up there with, in that year, his deep ball consistently to, to me is one of the most beautiful. I put Michael Vick's deep ball up there when it was on, when it was on target, but it was just gorgeous to watch Ru- him throw it. Russell's, Ru- Russell throws a beautiful looper. Russell's, he did yesterday. Russell's too. looper is fantastic. But I mean, Brady to me threw one of my favorite deep balls of like the quarterbacks that we've watched in the last 20 years. And he's still if the if the can, he can still if the Niners that. had a do if the Niners had a do over I think without hesitation they Jimmy Garoppolo would have been gone because they would have traded him. The difference is Jimmy's off season like what would he have been worth to Belichick? Would Belichick just have traded back a second for him? Probably right last year. Yeah, and the Niners would have taken Tom Brady. Now I'm not saying Tampa was more equipped this year than the Niners would have been offensively for him, right? They had Godwin, Evans, and then they signed uh, AB and traded for Gronk. With Cameron Brates, not bad. Like, and then they added Leonard Fournette. They signed Leonard Fournette. Th- their offense was really like was those guys played in way more games than the Niners guys played. So if I'm just going to assume Debo in and out, Ayuk misses some games, Kittle breaks, you know, foot. What was his first injury? The knee, you know, the knee. like the that's Garoppolo Tom knee, wouldn't yeah. have been as good. Yeah, but and I, I think he I, the also, Niners are the Niners are way better with Tom Brady. You right? also assume in that that the Niners would have been, the Niners offensive line would have been able to keep Tom healthy, which I last time. But we I think the way this, Tom plays, he just gets rid of the football. He does get rid of it fast. But I, I'll just mention now. You're right. Mullins plays very differently than Tom Brady plays. But Niners quarterbacks did get hit more than any other quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Um, I do think they right. play a role in that. They 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 do just like Breeze. It's hard to hit Breeze because he gets rid of the ball quickly, even though he's not that mobile, right? But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, as as someone who was fine with them not doing it with hindsight, and this yeah, is we were wrong with with twenty what hindsight's twenty twenty, especially on this in twenty twenty. Um, that would have been now. Here's the other thing: you do have well, how much is Brady making next year? However, uh, this ends for the Bucks twenty five twenty five. They'll feel okay about running it back if you make the playoffs. You're okay. But then again, the Niners were in that position. They had just played in the Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like, that's the other thing. It's like everything we saw that happened in 2020 had not happened yet. They had just played in the Super Bowl with Jimmy, and he was one throw away from winning the thing. I, I think our logic was very sound. What, but just looking back, Jimmy Garoppolo has proven he just gets hurt a lot. 
on basic things, and Tom Brady had one of his best statistical seasons of all time. But like I said, you got to preface it with he's playing with Mike Evans, who's a star. Godwin's, I just, I had to look. He's a free agent this year. He's going to get paid. And Antonio Brown, like the last couple games been coming on, and you have to remind yourself he's Antonio Brown. It's hard to remind yourself of that, isn't it, sometimes? It, it is. So next year, you know, they're on the hook, $25 million. Okay. So. But, you know, again, that's even before Jimmy got hurt, it's not like injury was the only thing we talked about with Garoppolo this year. I wasn't sure. We, we, it looked like he was about to trend in the wrong direction before he got hurt as a player. And now I think Tom has. Brady and the bar is really low, but he's already one of the best things that's ever happened. In the ten. Again, their bar is the, one of the lowest in the league, but one of the best things ever happened in their franchise. Like they, they nailed that one. And he right? nailed going there. And he nailed it. it was a, it's been a win-win, even though it like probably hasn't been as smooth. But I think when you look back, no practice, the Corona stuff, he no off season. They're in the second round of the playoffs. He'll sign up for that all day long. Yeah, it was his first ever wild card game. He's <laughs> usually you know off. I see only, going around. I, I well, only because you told me the other day that Tom's never played this weekend. Yeah, never played. So it had to feel a little bit like. You know, we're at like a three or four star hotel, but I've been staying at the Four Seasons for twenty years. Never played in Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, like it's not. Me, it's not a bad thing to play in Wild Card Weekend. No, to me, it's like I watched the Bee Gees documentary the other day. Have you seen that on? Uh, I don't know if it's on HBO or. No, I haven't. But the Bee Gees, great band, basically brothers. I'm not going to do a Bee Gees. I mean, they're very famous. <laughs> uh, but they they basically they kind of the first wave of their career, it's going downhill before they ended up reinventing themselves. But there's a point where they're still doing their touring, but they're not really touring in places that like the band that they used to be would tour. That to me was kind of Brady. Like he's still, yeah, we're on tour. But if you really dig in, you're like, eh, yeah, but you're on tour at like that place that a magician opens for you. Right. Yeah. He's never going to be remembered as a buck, but if he can pull off, if he, beats Breeze, beats Rodgers, and beats Mahomes, it will be icing on the cake that like, you know, it Mahomes, will. but it would be, it, it'll be, yeah, whatever Michael is or Tiger, like take this guy's in his own level. fucking world. Yeah. <laughs> he's already God. on a level by himself and it would take it to another, another level. And, and he's got this runway kind of out right now that he goes, well, he's facing Breeze and the Saints for the third time and they've got their ass kicked twice. I already like the Bucks. I haven't even seen the line. I like the Bucks. The Packer game, he's going to get to go. I, I want the Packers to beat the Rams because I want Packers Brady. And when you think the great, when I think greatest cold weather quarterback of all time, it's like without hesitation, I think Tom. So it's like we get our home game at Lambeau and we got to face fucking Tom Brady. It's like you would never, as an NFC team, you're like, he's just over there. And now you just look and you're like, we're one game away from the Super Bowl, and Tom Brady's walking out in Tampa. Tom like did that, kick. That they did, sucks. The Bucks did kick their butt the first time they played, and they've already kicked their ass. Now like that, that game, you know, I think the game was a little bit of a fluke, but yeah. No, happen. I know, but I'm just saying, like, the, the, to me, the Packers, because this year with no fans, like their home field advantage is it's snowy, it's freezing cold, and then Tom happened to come to the NFC, and then more than likely he's getting Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I hope that's what I'd want. That that would. As a sports fan, I'm rooting for Tom yeah. to rattle this thing I, off. I'm now. with you. I'm with you. And I just think the Niners, I mean, guy, they went 
six and ten. I mean, Tom's worth three more wins. All it took eight and eight got in the playoffs. I mean, if they're nine and seven, they're in the playoffs with Tom Brady. With Tom, despite all the other stuff that happened to him. You know? Yeah. Despite now it would have felt a little stuff. weird because it's probably better that he went to Tampa because their bar was so low. Tom went nine and seven with the Niners, even with the injuries, people would have been like, Well, you know, Jimmy went right. They had just gone 13 and three. Yeah, but the bar part of this higher. is how it looks, right? Jimmy last year, they're in the Super Bowl and he's getting criticized after they went to the Super Bowl. So I think we all understood that yeah. it didn't look great by the end of the year for Garoppolo. Tom would have got credit for dragging injury guys. He to this absolutely he would have. Oh, Middlecoff, here we go. Draft Kings promo code ham. When you sign up for a limited time, new customers get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out. We're going to have a lot of action going with Draft Kings. Sign up and join us. Get in the Haberman and Middlecoff League. Use the code HAM when you sign up. Yep. Uh, I can't recommend it enough. We're going to have a – maybe do two this week, right? We'll do a golf game, and we will do a NFL playoff, including all four games. It was a little, I like it. We split it up this weekend, three and three, but with only four games, we'll just put all four together, and we will also do a uh, – put together a little PJ Tour golf game. Can't recommend it enough. Download the app right now. DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now. Use the code HAM for a limited time. New customers get a free shot at a million dollars. Don't miss out on this week's action. Enter code HAM to get a free shot at a million dollars with your first deposit. That's code HAM. Download the app. You've had the app. I've had the app forever. I know many people listening have the app forever. Can't recommend it enough. I, I play a bunch of side games as well. I mean, there's there's a lot going on. A lot of action on that bad boy. If you, if you, if you want to get your juices going, just enter a little $5 game and you'll stay locked in for the weekend. Uh, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Feel the sweat. The Rams, John, won in the playoffs. They've advanced. Sean McVay versus Kyle Shanahan is something we talk about a lot. Kyle Shanahan is not in the playoffs. Um, and they're drafting high again. Be- beat, him four straight t- beat him four straight times. Look, I, I think from a regular head- season games, clearly he's... They are, they are each other's contemporaries, as people like to say. Yeah. Uh, but McVay right now is four years as a head coach, three of them double-digit wins. His down year, and you and I have talked about this for years with college coaches too. What are your down years? His down year was nine and seven. This year, we, remember you and I talked before the season. We made a video. The Rams, just looking at them, they might have, they might have a little bit of a step-back season this year. I thought it was going to happen. Goff wasn't great, and still they won 10 games, and then they won a playoff game with Goff coming off the bench, even though he was healthy. <laughs> yeah. I. This was a big weekend yeah, for McVay, guy. Because to me, I, I was thinking about it this weekend. A road playoff game is almost worth, to me, it's like at least one and a half, you could argue, too. This year... Because of the no fans, like that does play a role. I would say this year it's just easier depending on who you're playing with the venue. But I would give it right back. They they started a guy that was in the uh, the AAF or XFL or one of those leagues that went Corona bankrupt. He gets knocked out. They bring Jared Goff off the bench, who really could have started. Who told Mike Silver that it was a tough thing to handle. And then if you're watching the broadcast, I actually McVeigh. I I already thought thought really highly of him. He earned some credit with me because me, you, like we root for, I want Jared Goff to be a good player. He's just not right now. When I watch Jared Goff play, I think I would not want him to be the quarterback of my team. You know who else thinks that? Sean McVay. He basically told Aikman that. You know what he did? 
He said, yeah, this guy's healthy enough to play. I don't think he gives us the best chance to win. He went with Walford in a playoff game, and it was working. And then he goes with Goff with one hand. That was an incredible win, guy. He went into Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. I don't care how up and down their season was and just how they've been playing. Like, I... I give you a lot of credit for going in there and kind of kicking their ass. Yeah. Really shoving them around. That that's he's got three playoff wins, right? That first year, first year he lost to the Atlanta Falcons. Next year he makes the Super Bowl and wins a couple of playoff games. And remember the NFC championship game was in New Orleans. Like that's you win a road championship game, like that is what's what Hart that's you know, a top flight win. From a Niners perspective, Harbaugh and Kaepernick got a lot of credit for doing it. Big time. And deserved you, it. And so he, two of his three playoff wins now are on the road against Sean Payton and Pete Carroll. Like that, that's something Kyle does. Like Kyle got to get that like with the lesser. McVay's resume is pretty damn good, man. I, I thought it was interesting. I think the biggest thing that McVay now has going against him is he's not even thirty five, guy. Well, he'll be thirty eight by the time he get a new quarterback. Thirty seven, maybe. He's got a couple more. Well, I guess he's got two more years of golf locked in, right? Well, yeah. I mean, well, Jared could become the backup with John Walford as a starter. Walford or Wolford? John, uh, I thought it was Walford, he, but he's, he's got to recover. I don't think he's going anywhere. Well, I mean, he ended up in the hospital the other night. Came back, was back I saw the, the headline. I saw the headline said it was a stinger. It's day to day. I thought what was really telling, and you're right, the way that Aikman and Buck talked about it during the game, how clear McVeigh had made it to them that he was. It felt through their voices that McVeigh was kind of excited to try something else with Wolford. He's like, they yes. spent all this time on this game plan with him because they thought they could get him out moving, they could do different things with him, and then you know all of that gets shot because Goff, just the way Aikman said it, because Goff comes into the game, now you can't do any of that stuff. It, w- it was very telling. Uh, if, if Sean McVeigh could choose a type of quarterback, I mean, we know, and look, I think part of the reason that Shanahan has had the success that he's had against McVeigh is because of Jared Goff. We've talked about it. For the 49ers defense, it's... It's money in the bank. That's the other thing that McVeigh has done. I don't know if you want to. I was about to jump to the defensive coordinator. If you have something else you want to say on that. Yeah, I, I was. Just, Go I was going to just before we get into that because I, I'm, he's going to get credit on that too. Is that Kyle gets a ton of credit from you, from me, from guys? We talked to Lewis Riddick who calls our game. Anyone that you read anything about that surrounds the NFL or connect to the NFL when they talk to people about Kyle gets you know. Held to a super high regard. And he deserves it because we give him a ton of credit when you watch his teams play. He he gets more credits and losses than most coaches, right? And part of it's been the circumstances. Like, he got a lot of credit this year in going 6-10 and 10, what he did. Now, injuries, the amount of guys on injured reserve, the, the players that were on injured reserve. But, like, he's not winning the games, you know? Sean McVay, like you said... Three or four years winning, and the other year he also had a winning season. They just missed the playoffs nine and seven, and then like two of those four years now he's winning playoff games. So it's like he's successful when he gets to the dance. It's like just based on resume, like he's above Kyle right now. Now we can there's context and who you'd actually pick, but like I I used to think it was kind of separated, especially after Kyle's last year. This was a pretty big season for Sean McVay because I also got to give him credit here. His quarterback, he's kind of stuck with the guy. Like they won ten games this year with Jared Goff looking terrible. Like that's pretty impressive, right? Yeah. Some you you get credit when you win despite you know your quarterback sometimes. Yeah. When you find a way to work around this weakness that you can't 
you, there's nothing you can do about it other than find a way to make it work, right? To be a problem solver, to Guy, coach how the many players you have in our lifetime that were either a star. I tweeted this out: a star player or like on a max contract would not have started that game. Well, like Carson Wentz. Looking back, it's pretty crazy. The other guy that was in his draft, Wentz. Yeah, but I, but if they were in the same situation where they had made the playoffs with him as the starter the whole time, I I think he starts that game. You know, I think it was for, for, when you factor yeah, in maybe. Paul Walford. Yeah, maybe. I mean, part of it is, part of it is just that he has a thing that he can't do that a lot that other guys can do, and that clearly McVeigh is saying if you can't be really good as just a thrower, then we got to find another way to win. Which that's yeah. what part of what you're giving him credit for is just having the guts to try something to realize this isn't working. I got to do something different. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you there. And then the other thing is what we think Shanahan is going to have to do, which is replace his defensive coordinator. Sean McVay did, except Sean McVay didn't do it because his defensive coordinator left and got a job. He just decided I'm going to, the guy, remember everyone was like, Oh, and I, I felt this way. Wade Phillips. What a hire. McVay's never been a coach. Give him a veteran. And McVay's like, nah, I don't need the training wheels. I'm good. Thanks. I'm going to go hire this guy, Brandon Staley, who's been coaching outside linebackers, hasn't coached plays, was at John Carroll University like four years ago. I'll make him my defensive coordinator. Watch this. Yeah. It was like he contract ran out or whatever, fired Wade Phillips and got this guy who's now getting head coaching interviews. So he hires a guy who my sources weren't that high on. Now, my source might have been a little wrong, and I give him shit sometimes little, about it. <laughs> but this guy, this guy, their defense is better than it was last year. When I watched their defense, it's one thing with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Those two guys are elite. But these other guys are just making plays left and right. Like, he deserves some of these head coaching interviews. And Sean McVay, like, I say it all the time, a general manager is more than just the draft. It's about free agency. It's about contracts. It's about hiring a coach. Being a head coach is about more than just being the play caller. It's about leadership. It's about hiring your assistants. You know, and this, you go from Wade Phillips, kicking him to the curb, basically, and hiring this guy. Fuck, man. I, I'm telling you, I, I think this has been McVay's greatest feat this season. When you factor in hiring a new defensive coordinator, kind of out of nowhere, uh, and leading a team when his quarterback just falls off a cliff. I maybe not falls off a cliff, but was really bad in a lot of games. And he wins a playoff game. Guy, I mean, I I used to think like pretty highly of McVay. I I think really, really highly of him. Like maybe it's maybe the hype on him sometimes, like, okay, Sean McVay. No, he's a star. Yeah. He's everything I think we thought the Chucky Gruden was like going to come back and be, Gruden doesn't exist anymore. Besides, it's just well, a he's below at, average what, coach. What he's did, this guy is the guy. Sorry, well, I was just going to say McVay, what he did was he came with the splash early and now he just keeps adding substance behind it, right? Keeps adding substance, keeps adding substance. Uh, and the reason the defensive coordinator thing is relevant is because if Kyle does have to replace Robert Sala, there's a known that we have with the Rams, who I think they were the best defense in like a few categories this year. Niners were not, the Niners yeah. were obviously very good too. But we know that you have that guy, Brandon Staley. We don't know who the 49ers defensive coordinator is going to be if it's not a Robert Sala. Now, I will say this the flip to side. To me, can of you it, just find another Robert Sala? Well, like, sure. Is D'Amico Ryan, like, do you guys just sustain it because of whoever you hire? Because if, if you do make a hire, here's where Kyle could get some shit, right? 
he either elevates D'Amico Ryan or tries to hire his Brandon Staley and they take a huge step back. Yeah, or a dramatic or, step back. Or you hire that's like, like a Gus, that's not ideal. Or you hire a big name guy and it doesn't go well. Yeah. Now the flip side. I give you this, credit when you kind of go lower name guy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Because you, you get you got to, <laughs> you found that diamond. The other part of this is though, I do also think Kyle can. It's not about catching up necessarily, but Kyle can Kyle can have the kind of years McVay's having for a couple of years while McVay still McVay's still going to have to scratch and claw for a couple of years here with Goff. Whereas if if Kyle Shanahan can get a quarterback, whether in the draft or whatever it is, that's really talented. Uh, you know that that's just a a bullet that it's going to take a couple of years maybe for McVay to get that bullet back. McVay is very very dependent on two human beings. That's ninety nine and twenty. If those two guys are on the field, 99 is just destroying people, and 20 is just, just I mean, blanketing a wide receiver. Yeah, they're really good. You know? <laughs> so, And then all the other nine guys are able to kind of blend in. A couple guys just naturally get better. All of a sudden, your defense is like top defense in the league. And then Sean can just manipulate some points by running the ball, getting his quarterback some layup throws. That, that was – like Kyle's going to need, I mean, just a playoff year. Because right now, just based on resume, McVay also has the Super Bowl loss, right? Like this, so that that's a wash. That's a wash. <laughs> he has multiple. Well, other they looked playoffs. a little different, but yeah, it's a wash. It's a wash. Did lose to Brady and Belichick, right? Yeah. I mean, Mahomes and Andy Reid. But I mean, they had think how many Super Bowls. No, I know it's you know the, those guys had proven a lot. It's what they do. I, I think you could take a step back. Most people thought the Niners were going to win that game, best team start to finish. I think people like McVay, Goff, the Rams, Brady, Belichick, and the game was really close. Yeah, it was actually impressive for McVay. I don't know. I can't exactly the the Niners favorite. I remember kept going between like I don't one. Think they were pick them. Were they an underdog? I thought, but it was it was close. You know, I thought it hovered the yeah. whole time between like one and a half. I and thought the, I think the, the Chiefs way. were favored, but somebody can uh, remind us. Yeah. I'll say this for Deshaun Watson trade rumors is that uh, it hasn't been the same rumor, rumor every day for like three or four days. There's every day there's something new. There's Deshaun said he was going to be consulted. He wasn't. Then I saw Benjamin Albright tweeted, well, from what I heard, they did stay in contact with him. They did touch base with him. Then there, then there was Deshaun was a two-level anger when they traded Hopkins. Now he's at a 10-level anger. Then there was a the the search firm recommended a Steelers exec and Lewis Riddick and on a plane Cal McNair just hired Casario. It doesn't feel like this thing is just one little isolated report and it's getting blown out of proportion and that's it. Like uh, Deshaun's agent during Casario's, they, they have not hired a coach though. So he hired a he coach. wanted to dictate who they hired as a GM. I thought he's big on the coach, which they don't have. Him. I don't. Maybe he's got maybe he's got a short list of GMs, John. He did a lot of interviews at the combine. He probably knows a lot of GMs. You know, maybe he made a short. Maybe you're interviewing Deshaun Watson. No, no, no. Deshaun Watson's interviewing you. You didn't know it. The old switcheroo at the combine. Deshaun's sitting there like three piece suit fraud. Uh, so, you know, it does feel like this thing has legs. Now, whether to the Niners has legs, whether he's really going to get traded. Deshaun Watson is unhappy. Has a lot of legs. Oh, I was going to say his agent. You saw that tweeted during Casario's yeah. press conference. Uh, what was it about? I don't even remember. Something about yeah, oh, getting lied being to, a kid, being a, somebody, something to be said for those of us who pulled ourselves out of the mud. Unlike, I think he was talking about the Texans' owner. 
Cal McNair, basically saying like, oh, wow, congrats on being some a rich guy's son is essentially what the tweet yeah, was. Yeah, and really quick on that, I, I, regardless how powerful social media is, to me, there is a level if we do business and in a situation when your client is being paid at those rates, we can all have thoughts of someone that we do business with. I can't even imagine hating a human being that's a part of a contract like that that much. When they're clearly, paying you that much, but it, you also hate them? Yeah, but let's say you do. I don't think that's the way to go about it. Like that, that to me, uh, kind of clown activity by the agent, I thought, w- regardless what he thinks and all the details, does nobody any good, but specifically his client, to tweet that out. Deleted it. I do think we have to wait to see who the coach is. Like, because that, it does feel that his anger right now is all over Eric Bieniemy, who has not been interviewed by them. But if I tell you Eric Bieniemy is their coach, now it does that feels like it would be very, very shocking if Casario hires Eric Bieniemy. I think what the Watson camp believes is the coach is already predetermined. I know they're interviewing people, but like he's going to hire, and I, Charles Robinson tweeted like Brian Dable. It's all like a uh, Bob Lamont kind of orchestrated deal. And if if Watson already knows that, like I already know you're just going to bring Patriot, 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 basically. Fuck you guys. And once you asked here, here I, I don't necessarily believe that you have to ask your quarterback, you know, like who should be our head coach. Like I, I still think we're at a time where like, yeah, I mean, what's he going to tell you? You should be able to do that as your on your own as an organization. But Cal McNair went on record and told Deshaun Watson, I want you to be part of the process. And maybe he was just trying to act cool and look good. But once you do that, you put yourself in this precarious situation where you're double fucked. Where you ask him, who do you want? And he tells you, Eric Bieniemy, and then you don't hire him. You look like you didn't listen. Or two, you told him you were going to ask and solicit his input, and then you don't reach out. It's like an FU, we actually didn't. We just said that for the public. We didn't care what you thought. And it clearly, one of those two, I don't know which one it was, but once you tell him that, then he just kind of expects it, you know? Yeah. If you hadn't told him that, maybe he still gets mad, but I don't know if his expectations were like, I I had my, my short list ready. Yeah, yeah. so I, I, <laughs> look, I'm with you. Like, I don't think you need to allow, basically, to put your quarterback on the search firm and make, I wouldn't want my quarterback to feel like he gets to make the call. But if like, he's my no, friend... Rodgers didn't, Rod, Rod, Aaron Rodgers did not. didn't get to. No. But... He also was in a situation that was a little different, right? That that was they they had a front office, like this is the owner with no football direction, except for the yeah. preacher. Uh huh. So who it's who who is? You might be able to take an educated guess. Deshaun Watson might have a red flag on that guy. Might have right? a red flag, which it seems like most in the league have a red flag on him. Yeah. It does feel like people are piling on a little bit. It I does. mean, is, is there it's a chance he's not as bad of a guy as he's getting painted? Well, be? whether yeah, whether or not he's a bad guy, he's taking advantage of a situation is what people think. And, you know, is that his fault or it's the gatekeeper's fault? The owner is the gatekeeper to the organization. Don't put your trust in the wrong people. Don't get don't I get think Watson hated Bill O'Brien. I think he hated Bill O'Brien and he thinks Easterby and Bill O'Brien represent New England and he didn't like what they represented. And now he feels like they're just going back to that. And he's like, I don't want to be stuck here. Then you read all these reports like, trade me to the Dolphins. I want to get traded. That that gets thrown around like, Wait, in the what? heat of the moment. 
Yeah. And my, my response is, why, why do people think you, anyone would want Tua? Like, what about Tua and a one for Deshaun Watson? Do you think Casario didn't, like, watch the games? Like, he was in the NFC, or AFC East. They played Tua. You know, what, so, what are we talking about? So, all right. So, look, we, we... But then I saw that, like, Casario loved Tua coming out. Yeah, and then he played. So he might have changed his opinion. Yeah, if he's a hardhead. Well, maybe if you're the Niners, you hope he he didn't change his opinion on Tua. Maybe it means he he still sees value in Jimmy Garoppolo. To, well, he was to, there when they drafted him. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there there is a decent chance he's a huge Jimmy Garoppolo fan, right? Well, put it this way: if uh, yes, there is to answer your question, yes, there is a chance, a good chance. Um, he was around. Do you see some of these pictures? It feels like he was like a hybrid. You see him coaching. He's like in the coach's box. He's out there like throwing passes with Tom Brady. I don't know what that guy's job was in New England, but he did a lot more than like what I saw like Howie Roseman and Brett Veach do. He's like on, on warm-ups in the game, you know, like when it's 20 minutes before the game and the ones are against the ones on the each of the sideline. Like he's helping Brady out. I'm like, what's this guy's role? <laughs> all, no wonder he left. He's like, fuck, why am I taking snaps? All of that is kind of weird to me. <laughs> well, that's how Belichick does it. I know, you, like, it's kind of weird you into It's everything. great for Bill. I don't know if it's great for everybody else. It's incredible for Bill. It clearly doesn't work. He's down there like on else. a knee giving Brady the ball. It's like, this guy's the GM. Yeah. Uh, look, if clearly there's enough smoke. Do you, do you think there's enough smoke here? There's a difference between him wanting to get traded and him actually getting his wish. I right. think right now, if you looked him in the eye, he'd be like, I want to get the fuck out of there. Well, there's no doubt. But that's different and, than his team actually agreeing to do it. Yeah. This isn't the New I Orleans think Pelicans. I think Casario, yeah, this has a – the Houston Texans the Patriots have played probably, it feels like, every year for the last three or four years. So Belichick, Casario, because he played this – he was a assist, you know, basically the equivalent of the GM, even though he didn't have any power because of Belichick, but he also played these other roles. He's going to know Belichick's scouting report on him, right? Because he's part of the game plan, the way it works in New England. You'd like an advanced scout – He's going to have an opinion like, do I think this guy's a star? Like, he'll, he'll know what Bill thinks of him. And so, to me, maybe he thinks, what if he's not a Deshaun Watson fan? Like, he can say whatever he wants. I know he said, like, we want to build around Deshaun Watson. There is a chance that he does not want to do that. Maybe he would be open. They just traded DeAndre Hopkins. Well, Bill. The owner clearly, yeah, Bill did. But, I mean, the owner so over his head, he'll do whatever these people. Like, I don't think he knows anything about football. I've been told he's not the smartest guy. A little like in the Mark Davis situation. I'm not saying I, I like Mark Davis. I, I don't know anything about this guy. But like Mark just hands it off. Like Reggie McKenzie, Jack Del Rio, John Gruden. You guys, if John Gruden wants to trade Khalil Mack, Mark Davis I don't think thinks it's as crazy because he's like, I, th- I fucking believe in whatever John Gruden's Which telling Which is a good way to be Cal McNair, Yeah, it is. So John Mc, or Cal McNair is going to go, well, Easter B is telling me Jesus. And uh, he's very, th- there's a religious undertones there. Undertones is the wrong word. They are, Cal's a very religious person. And I think, obviously, Easterby is. And I saw Casario in his press conference is very religious. So I think Cal McNair is just in with Easterby, who probably thinks Casario's really good. He's going to listen to what those guys say. If they say, trade him the 49ers for two ones in Jimmy Garoppolo, he will get traded. This isn't like, like something like that with the New York Giants or the Pittsburgh Steelers. It would not. That wouldn't fly like that, right? Right, right. But, but in this situation, I, it's just a possibility. I don't think it's likely, but I, it, it is one of the few places in the NFL that it could happen if Casario wants it to happen. That would, but that's where we, so there's two elements to this. A, does he want it to happen? And B, if he did, 
would a the Niners be willing to pay what it would cost, and then a one would Jimmy Garoppolo going back to Houston offset any of the cost? Because if you told me, okay, the cost two ones and Jimmy, the, yeah, the, yeah. If you told me the cost for Deshaun is three ones and two twos, let's just say. And I said, okay, well, everyone else is offering three ones and two twos. I'm going to throw in Jimmy Garoppolo. Which pick does that replace? I don't think that re- does that replace one of the ones or does that replace one of the twos? Yeah, twos. It probably replaces well, I don't think the Jimmy twos. Jimmy Garoppolo gets you two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless Nick Casario goes, but yeah, Jimmy's probably one of the twos, but I'll take two ones and Jimmy and two twos because Jimmy Garoppolo represents a starting quarterback in 2021 for me. And I'll draft somebody with one of those other picks. He won't have to play right away. I'm a fan of not what playing. What was your again. final offer? I said if Casario would take two ones, Jimmy, and two twos. So you're giving four picks and Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, I'm just asking. What would, you're saying you would take two ones, a two, and Garoppolo? Listen, I like Deshaun Watson. I'm not saying when I would do it. I'm talking, just saying who does Casario, yeah. how much does he value him? Garoppolo. Because to me, two ones and two twos, like that is so much to give up. And I understand the Texan standpoint. I'm going to use Jimmy then to trade, hopefully, the Patriots for like a third-round pick to use as an asset. If I got to give Jimmy two, I, I can't give up that well, much. You, that's you where I don't think... To me, you can't get that's away with I, just that's where I think one, the, one That's where I think that... Yeah, that's where I think the trade gets very, very difficult. Can you imagine a general manager signing off on like three ones for a player, even if it is a quarterback? Like that's... Andy. I know everyone always goes like, give us six ones from Mahomes or whatever. It's easy to say because it never happens. And then when you kind of start writing it down, you're like, is he really going to pull the trigger so on I'm that? So I'm not going to have a first-round pick until which year? Would you hear the in the Seattle game when, when they're like, you know the Rams' last first-round pick was Jared Goff? They're, they're surviving. I give them that. Well, because that. they've hit on like four or five guys. Like, you, you got to hit a, they've made, You can't hit doubles. You got to hit Also, the, the one, the, you know, they traded once, but they, and they, doubled they got Jalen Ramsey. So it's like, okay, you yeah. got a guy out there playing like a first-round pick. I, what would Parag say? He'd go, wait a second, guys. Hold on. Let me do the math on this. 2024? As our team gets I, more I, expensive, I, I don't think you can do that. So you would need I, I I would I would do two two ones in Garoppolo two two ones a two and Jimmy Garoppolo that would be my max because I I go I'm paying Kyle eleven million dollars I, I got Sean McVay who's winning with Jared Goff can't you draft a guy I well, see, I don't love other, doing that here's the other part of this right. Like when does Deshaun Watson want? If if you were to get traded, when's that trade happening? Is it happening before Kyle Shanahan's watched all his Trey Lance cutups? Is it happening before he's watched yeah, all it, of his Davis Mills tape? Well, I mean, technically, it couldn't become official till March 14th or whatever. Yeah, he, Kyle would have a little time to do all that. That's important because I I think if you're the Texans and you are trading him, you're in no rush, right? I mean, you got the next month. Just well, like, you're gonna yeah, s- just. Keep calling away. Also, you might spend a lot of time just trying to convince him to stay, re-recruiting him once you get your head coach. Guess right now, do you think he gets traded? No. Do you? I, the reason he gets traded, or uh, the reason I don't think he gets traded either, the Patriot people are nuts, right? Just look at all their histories. Bill O'Brien, crazy. Mangini, fucking nuts. Uh, the guys in the Lions, I mean, they went in there like Charlie it was Weiss. a, you know... They, they were just fu- Weiss. I mean, these guys are crazy because I think they see Bill. Josh judged, McDaniels. He's making like coaches run. Yeah. But Josh McDaniels was like trading Brandon Marshall, hated Cutler. They, they do crazy let get, shit. Let me get uh, Tebow. 
I, if you just look at the history of the guys and then Casario, who'd been there the entire time. So he's, if you got to be that crazy to last around Bill for 20 years, they are the architect, like the, the types, like their history, the, the, their, like the way they build a franchise is not really normal a lot of times. Like they do shit that always drives people in the media crazy. Like what? That isn't, or tw- they make Twitter blow up. Casario would be the type that might trade him. I just think on the other side, like convincing a GM to give up that many assets, it's just, I, that's tough. Yeah. Because at least you just know the going rate. Like, yeah, you want, just pick a player. Like, Miles Garrett was on the, he's not. But, you know, based on Khalil Mack, Jalen Ramsey, it'd be like, yeah, two ones, a two, and like, and a three or something. You know, it'd be, a, but you know the price. Like, what is the price for a 25-year-old in his prime quarterback they don't ever we, we always like a Khalil Max they never get traded quarterbacks never get traded when they're good as there was I mean Deshaun's young a young 25 it kind of feels like too yeah it would be insane but Belichick guys are insane enough to think about it right. like, I, I do think he's thinking about it like it they're going through the scenarios that's what well, because he's thinking maybe I could get three ones and two twos yeah, well, Josh McDaniel, what would Josh McDaniels or Patricia or some of these guys do? I think they'd trade him, right? Well, I, to me, Josh McDaniels knows how hard it is to get a quarterback because he drafted Tim Tebow. No, no, no. I, I'm saying Josh McDaniels like 08. Oh, yeah. Not not, not this version. Yeah. I'm saying that version. I'm saying when you come out with like piss and vinegar, and you're like, I'm the man now. Yeah, I, can, I got away from him. I'm going to put my imprint on this organization yeah. by spending the next eight years looking for a quarterback. I mean, in in McDaniel's defense, and I don't really mean this in his defense, but in his defense, I just pulled up the uh, Tebow draft, which was 2010. So the first quarterback taken went first, Sam Bradford. Tebow, again, for the record, awful pick, went 25th overall. The next quarterback was Jimmy Clausen, who went at 48. Carolina Panthers? Yep. Then Colt McCoy went to the Browns in the third round. Then your boy, Mike Kafka, went to the Eagles in the fourth round. Middlecoff had a fourth-round grade on him. Getting some head coaching buzz. John Skelton, probably getting some head coaching buzz, too, went in the fifth round to Arizona. Um, and on we went. It was not a good quarterback draft. Who had the best career of that group? Actually, you know who went in the seventh round? You know who the last quarterback taken in that draft was? Oh, wait. No. Is this the same guy? Never mind. Uh, What's his name? Uh, this Zach Robinson. Sorry, I thought it was Zach Taylor. But I think uh, Zach Robinson ended up on the Rams coaching staff as well. <laughs> He's on the Rams I think, coaching I think staff. Zach Robinson's staff, yeah. I think He's, you just listed several coaches. Also Kafka, coach. Robinson, coach. Bradford made $375 million. Tebow, I mean, he's just minor league baseball, made a ton. Like Tebow's, Tebow's life turned out pretty, pretty well for himself, <laughs> yeah. right? He's just not, he was terrible quarterback. He did have like a seven game winning streak in the NFL where like 17 million turnovers by the other team in that stretch. And they won games like 11 to nine. <laughs> it was like, oh, Tebow, he sent from God to play quarterback. It'd be like a fumble kicked off a guy's head would land in the, the Broncos well, defender you think and he landed the two and then Tebow would run it in. <laughs> it was a crazy, I think he beat a Ra- the Raiders in one of those games, if I remember correctly. John, time to tell the people about mybookie.ag the promo code is ham and the number one mybookie.ag ham and the number one uh if you 
use the promo code, which we appreciate. Maybe use the mobile-friendly website. Get your deposit matched halfway up to $1,000 just when you use that code HAM. On your first deposit, remember you do have to bet uh, the uh, bonus amount before you're able to withdraw your winnings, but more details available on that. You can also decline the bonus, but use the promo code HAM1 either way. Uh, I mean, so much going on. NFL, obviously. NBA, yep. College football. MMA and soccer, all the latest odds are there. Hockey's getting underway, John. It's all there. Got a national championship game tonight. It's opened up, I saw a couple days ago, it was eight. It's at eight and a half right now. So if you're listening to this Monday morning, honestly, I kind of like Ohio State. I kind of like Alabama. Like eight and a half. <laughs> the line's going that way. So uh, Ohio State, eight and a half. Over under, still sitting at 75. Ooh. That's a lot of points, guy. Good guy. That's a lot of points. So to me, if it hits need, the over, that's forty to. I feel like forty-five it's good for to state. Yeah, forty-five to thirty would be seventy-five. Yeah. How many? Do you think Bama gets over forty? Uh, yeah. I mean, the odds are good. Yeah, I'm with you. How about uh, we so, got you got some odds on some playoff games coming up? You want to guess the lines on the two? Uh, on two, I've got two playoff games on the board already at mybookie.ag. Yeah, get, what's the game? I got uh, Rams Green Bay. Uh, with Goff and Aaron Donald day to day, I'm gonna go Rams plus six and a half. Very good, plus seven. Rams plus seven. The Aaron Donald thing. We what do you think about that? that? What do you think about that line? Uh, I I I would love it at six and a half for Green Bay. Actually, I like yeah. Green Bay seven. I, you don't like. Broken thumb, Jared Goff going into Lambo. I don't. I don't love it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. Uh, I, I could not take the Rams. Tampa if McVay at, wins that, I'm, I'm placing them above Kyle. <laughs> Solidified. Uh, Tampa at New Orleans. Tampa at New Orleans. The Saints have beat them twice. But I think a lot of people, like Brady's going to lose three times, so you're going to get some of that buzz. I'm going to go Bucks three and a half. Very good. Bucks three. Uh, I will tell you this now. Money line, Bucks are plus 145. And I the like Saints are minus 170. I don't I just don't like what I'm seeing from the Saints. I didn't think they I'm played very you. well today. Well, I go back to the first meeting between those two teams. We talked about it. The Saints won the game. And I said at the time, repeatedly, the story out of that game no one was talking about was how bad Drew Brees looked, not what Brady looked like. And um yeah, I think if Tampa plays Green Bay again, I'm gonna have to ignore their first meeting because I like Green Bay ahead of time. It's an early pick on that game. But from from like the Derek Papa, the football historians, Breeze Brady, 40-43, like it's a pretty historic game in sports history. It is right of just two legends yeah. late in their in their ages. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Well, Breeze is old. Uh Brady, who knows him anymore. I did have the thought yeah. watching him. Like, I maybe he can play till he's 49. 50. Yeah, he does not just, if he just looks like this next year, doesn't just have to quit at, at 45. I think right? it, the question is like, what is Brady's age where he goes, fuck it. I don't care what it looks like. I'm playing until I'm 50. Like, if he gets to 47, is he like, I don't care what it looks like. I'm making it to 50. That'd be incredible. You think, is there a chance he's got seven years left? I mean, I, I, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't either. But I had to but think about he it. He keeps playing like this. They're not going to get rid of him, right? I did have to. You think would about think it. he'd get hurt, like at forty-seven. If someone falls in your foot, like you're not able to walk that week, like that's to me, that's going to happen. Like not 
maybe not like a major injury, but like someone hits his elbow and he can't move it for like four days. Right. Like th- that that eventually happens to older people, right? They just have injuries that linger. How does he not get any of those? I know. A Charlie horse where he just can't move his foot, you know, or his, or his thigh. I don't know. Something like that. Indigestion. Yeah. I mean, anything. Tums, Food poisoning. Yeah, I'm with you. Big national championship game. Uh, player with the most to gain, I think, is Justin Fields. We'll talk about Mac Jones uh, as the draft season comes along. But for Fields, and I started thinking about this because we talked to Lewis Riddick the other day about kind of the back and forth with Fields and Zach Wilson. You think about Deshaun. I think of two players when I think about make helping your draft stock off of Nick Saban. I think of Deshaun Watson, and you could argue he didn't. his draft stock didn't get helped as much as it should have. I don't know. And I, I think of, you know. That was crazy looking back. Like, how did he not? I, Dabo, remember, was pounding the table. One. Dabo was saying, this is insane. Um, but then I really think of Johnny Manziel, who I think his his NFL prospects. Put him on, put him on the map. Were really helped by how he played against Nick. Nick Saban couldn't, couldn't, couldn't slow him down. So I think for Fields, yeah. this is a big. Now, this is supposed to be a shootout and the over under 75. So maybe it's just the way the game is played. And maybe you don't get a ton of credit, but I. I think Fields got a lot of credit for the way he played against Clemson, and he'll get double the credit if he does the same thing against Alabama. I think the Manziel stat was the only guy to throw 400 yards back-to-back games or back-to-back seasons against the Nick Saban coach team was Drew Brees at at Purdue against his Michigan State teams, then Johnny at Texas A&M against Alabama. Hmm. Now, the one thing this year is their defense – like when he was when Deshaun did it to him, looking back, like that team was loaded with the Minka Fitzpatrick's and all those defensive linemen. You're right, Deshaun Watson did not get enough credit for what he did. I wonder if Justin Fields would just get credit for just beating Nick Saban because the way it gets yeah. talked about in the draft room, you just go, "He beat Alabama." Right, right now, if you're sitting in a draft room talking about Justin Fields, you're going, "He just beat Dabble Sweeney and Brett Venables. Kick their ass." You're saying that to your general manager. You're saying that to your offensive coordinator. You're saying that to whoever. He just kicked the shit out of the highest paid coach in, in the country, the best team. And if he does it against Saban, it won't be that like Saban has this historic SEC defense because he doesn't. They haven't been very good. Well, but, but they've only given up more than 30 points twice this year. Let me rephrase. Haven't been very good relative, I think, to the way we thought about kind of their dynasty. They've become kind of more of an offensive team than a defense, but they're still good on defense, and I'm sure... What do you think of their eleven starters? <laughs> five make rosters. Yeah, you know, in the next why limit it to right? starters? <laughs> yeah, well, if I factor in backups and true freshmen that aren't playing, it's way more. I mean, they gave up forty-eight to Ole Miss. You and I remember that game because we picked, we bet Alabama to cover like twenty-one points, uh, and uh, they they allowed forty-six to Florida. That game was fifty-two forty-six in the SEC title. It game. was remember a blowout, and they scored a bunch yeah. of points in the second. So half. I. But other than that, now you could argue some of these teams were just down. Tennessee, seventeen. I mean, or not good. Mississippi State, remember that game, forty-one nothing. Kentucky what was okay, the Iron Bowl, three points, forty-two to thirteen was the Iron Bowl. Yeah. Uh, LSU again down, but but part of the reason they're down is they Alabama kicked Florida's kicked ass when they had to. I mean, they took it to them earlier. Notre in Dame that, in that Florida points. game, I thought. Yeah, look, yeah, here's they, the story: they, if Justin right. Fields scores, if they if Ohio State scores over thirty points and they've got a chance to win the game, then I mean, Justin Fields probably looks really good and should yeah, I get think if Justin Fe- I think if Justin Fields wins this game and just is viewed as a guy, regardless what a stat sheet is, 
that just was a major part why they upset Alabama. And it'd be a big upset, right? Almost a 10-point underdog in a national championship. And they're Ohio State. Like, that's... You don't see that very often. Like, it takes an Alabama to do that. It would be one of, like... I, I think people in these draft rooms would go, we overthought it with Deshaun Watson. He was at Clemson. What he did to Saban and what he did on those... The, you know, those back-to-back years in the playoffs. Look at what this kid just did. Clemson, Alabama, back-to-back weeks as huge underdogs in both. And especially if he's the best player on the field, I, I think he would basically solidify himself as the number two overall pick. Don't you? Like, I just don't see what Zach Wilson would have if he's fantastic in this game that could hold a candle. I just know the way these draft rooms work. Now, it's about more than that. What's personal workouts and personal interactions... But let's just say all those things are equal. Well, it would be it's very. Not, it'd be very. You Tua-ish. can't argue that Zach Wilson has anything. It'd be very Tua versus Herbert ish, right? True, but the, the difference to this guy, well, best athlete on the field, or one of them, right? He's got a bigger arm. Like this guy from his physical skill, oh, very sure. Tua ish. Yeah, and people. This guy has physical school skills. Yeah, I'm just saying it would be like it got to the point with Tua where it was like nobody even dared think you could take Herbert over him, at least publicly. It was so easy to go with Tua. And if you're a team, it was really easy to go with Tua. Just because it's like, look at what he's done. How, how could you not take this guy over that guy? I mean, he's done it year after year after year at Alabama. Come on, this is great, right? Uh, that, from that but, standpoint, I'm not but, saying but, it wouldn't but, be the right pick. I'm just saying it would make it a lot easier to stomach it. I think the difference is looking back, and it's easy to do hindsight's 2020 after Justin Herbert, I don't know, became the greatest rookie quarterback in the history of the league. Uh, the, Justin, looking back, Justin Herbert's bigger, faster, stronger, bigger arm. Yeah. Just, Justin Fields is all those things to Zach Wilson, right? Like he is the superior, I mean, he's just a blue chipper. You know, he's 6'4. He got next to Trevor Lawrence, like they hugged after the game, and I posted a funny picture or something about it. On a DM, I can't remember. And someone DM'd me, and I hadn't even thought about it. They're like, wow, I didn't realize Fields was that tall. Because, you know, part of uh, Trevor Lawrence is he's like basically 6'5". He's huge. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields is like 6'3 and a half. Justin Fields is not like this 6'1 elite athlete. I'm looking he's, a, he, he's a big time, like to me, he just he's a little Herbert-ish with more of the resume, right? Like his team was better. His He had bigger games. He just... He's the five-star version of that. Like, where Herbert was a little under-recruited, but then he became this, like, blue-chip athlete. Herbert, or I mean, Fields was like that in high school and just carried it through. Where it was clear, like, once you started watching Herbert, that he had all those things. But And it was just different. Like, this this guy was in a position to win because his team was good, too. Like, Herbert's team wasn't like these teams. Right. And that's where, to me, the two advantages. But you also have to be character careful because you bring up Right when you bring that up, if I was running the draft room, I'd be like, well, you have a good point. Like, we what we saw Zach Wilson in a vacuum, like, it, he didn't control his schedule. He just played who he played, and he was an elite, and he was awesome. That's where I, do, I just think the conversation between these two guys for the number two pick is going to be just consistently pretty intense. Well, it's it doesn't mean it's right, but I, I to your point, it's like if he looks great in this game, it's just going to be it's going to be really I feel tough. more comfortable. You'd feel so much more comfortable arguing for him because who's again, part of this depends on you know, the uh risk mitigation desires of whoever's picking him. Like are you picking him going I, I don't get I'm just picking the guy I think I don't care at all about how much you know f- whether or not I can cover my ass later if this one doesn't work out everyone would defend it, you know. But even if we had them both as equals, 
I just go, listen, how can this guy top? One, he gets hurt in the Clemson game, wills his way through it, throws the six touchdowns. And then as he's banged up seven, eight days later, knocks off Saban in Alabama. Like what else? Do you, it's legendary stuff. Yeah, it is. Now that that the pushback is that legendary stuff hasn't historically always carried over, right? Yeah. Deshaun Watson's actually an outlier of a guy that crushed it in college at the highest level. Like a lot of times they've been liner, hypel, Tebow. You know, you just start listing the all-time greats, and sometimes they're just it's not the Mariota same. had yeah. you know Jameis. It do, it doesn't. That's where I have to be careful. It's not just a one for one translation. Like it's, it's like you dominate there, it works. Well, it's 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 classic. Like yeah, cool. Because like Khal- on Khalil Mack, he could only play who he played. Yeah, yeah he's been fine. Well, not you know? sometimes. Like if you if we went to every major leaguer and looked at their uh, little league stats, I bet a lot of them just played on the All Star team, hit a bunch of home runs. But we also know that the kid that hits five home runs in little league doesn't necessarily. He might just have matured early and already have sideburns yeah. when he's eleven. Right. You don't sometimes colleges you've reached your peak as a senior and sometimes it's well, you're going to be 25 and four years and think how much better you're going to be. You just that's where it gets difficult, especially when the development has to be where it's a development you can't see. Like there's no question sometimes with these guys physically like liner physically, his arm was not he just didn't have a big arm. Yeah, no, but there were plenty of guys that do and still. But sometimes like Cam. He has a one year at Auburn, you know, national championship, right? Yeah. Well, you go, yeah, well, he's six foot five. He can run a four five. He can throw it back then 90 yards. It's like, yeah, this guy would just be, whether he had not, whether he had won five games in college, would have been a big time NFL prospect. And then you see it. So it's like your, your physical skills. And that's where I go with Justin, Justin uh, Fields. He's got a big-time arm. You saw some of those balls they threw last week. I mean, we're traveling like 60, 70 yards mm-hmm. in the air. The, the late deep bombs. ball he threw was ridiculous. He's a big-time athlete. He's tall. He's at a blue chip. Like, oh, he's a five-star guy. People eat that shit. High-level football Ohio State. Yeah, just I think he's got a lot of momentum of just what you look for. He's a blue chip type what you look for in the NFL. He's improved. And he, then he's doing it at the highest level. Because Burrow would be an example. We looked, and we thought it couldn't be that easy. And we see him in the pros. We're like, God, this guy's going to be pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's hard. It's Every guy is their own entity is something I learned a long time ago. And I've, I've learned it since we've just been talking about players. you got to be careful about not. It does feel, though, Justin Fields is more Cam, Burrow. I'm not, I don't know if he's a pro bowl or whatever, but I... To me, he leans more that than the Tebow's of the Lionerts, right? Yeah. Mariota. Like, he's way more physically gifted than Mariota as a thrower. I agree. And Jameis, Jameis actually has a lot of physical, like, what you'd look for, right? It's just, he's reckless, and he throws <laughs> 35 Yeah, and he's picks. not, it turns out he's, like, part of this now is if he's if he's not going to be an elite thrower, he's not really athletic, right? Yeah. That's the other part of so it. So he turns it over, and he's not athletic. They did lead the league in touch. Was it touchdowns or yards last year? Yards. Y- T- yards. 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 But he had like. Threw a, yeah, I think he threw a 30. Oh, he's a 30 touchdown. and 30. That's right. He was the 30, yeah, 30, was 30, 30, 30, 30, 30 guy. Yeah. Jose Canseco and uh, Jameis. That's right. So, now, I mean, it'll be interesting too. Like, does Urban end up, you know, does Urban end up taking a job? I, I feel like it's a matter of time. I don't know if he's just trying well, to get the Well, if he takes the Jacksonville Jaguars job. 
do you think Trevor Lawrence is a lock to go to Meyer? I know we've talked a little bit about this. I, I thought about today, and I I don't think he is. I, it wouldn't shock me if there were just some stories out there like Urban Myers loved Justin Fields since the time he met him when he was 15. Maybe he just liked Justin Fields more than Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence might have been one of those guys, and all these stories are going to come out over the next couple of months. That it, it does feel like he was just committed to Clemson since he was like a sophomore, where Justin Fields was more in the mix, people coming after him, finally goes commits to Georgia. I could be wrong on this. Some of my high school recruiting people that are locked in would know. It wouldn't shock me if Urban Meyer loved Justin Fields, because I think everyone did. But like he was open for recruitment, right, so you, right. he was on him more. Yeah. Where it doesn't feel like Trevor Lawrence was out there just working the trails to get like uh try to get people to blow him. It just felt like he was all in on Dabo from the jump. He was gonna be the heir apparent one day to Deshaun Watson. That's what happened. Yeah. Where Justin Fields was your typical like, this guy could go anywhere. What hat's he gonna pick up? And then he picked up Georgia when Urban Meyer probably thought he had him a year before, you know? Right. It's, that I think would it's throw a wrench into things. And then the Jets fans would be like, well, we ended up be like, you know, know, the football gods threw us a bone. <laughs> I, I, it would be very Kyler, you know, the difference is that with Cliff, like Cliff is in total control of the offense. I need, I want Kyler. I'm all in on Kyler. With Urban, it's a little bit of a different animal. Like you're trying to set your organization up after you retire in five years to have a 15-year run. You don't do anything with Sam Darnold until you find out what the Jags are going to do, right? Well, especially, yeah, you're right. Unless you, yeah, unless you love either guy, unless you're like, oh, we could. But I don't know. Does it ever? Is it really ever like that in a draft room? Where you're like, oh, I, I could take either guy. I'll be happy. Uh, you, you inevitably. Remember when the you, Jets, the Jets, like when they got Sam Darnold, traded from six to three in like March. Yeah, and they're like, they just yeah, got we're lucky. Just, we we're just. Yeah, we're just hoping, you know. They got really and they, lucky. They, I remember they claimed we like three of the four. But it turns out, like, no, they only wanted two of the four. And Sam Darnold was the top guy, and they took Baker. And then whoever drafted second didn't take a quarterback. So, it, yeah, they got very, very lucky. It, but they also, like, I give them some credit. They just got aggressive. <laughs> yeah. I, I was fine with yeah. them when they did it. It was just like, you just, assuming they just like everybody, then it's fine. But they'd be well, at the okay time that they made guys. the trade, it felt like Sam Darnold was going to be the number one overall pick. Like that was kind of remember the buzz. Yeah, in like February and well, March, yeah, they like Jimmy ba- Haslam. Even though like they were cool with Baker, who the Jets, the Jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt like Sam Darnold was going to go number one overall when the, I I remember for a while during that draft process. I remember being pretty stunned when Baker went number one overall. Now thinking back, you remember Maybe stunned would be strong, but it was a little. I think it was a little unconventional. I just remember the Baker. Uh, what was it? The uh, what was it? A Sports Illustrated photo with the Brett Favre. What what was it in the background? Was it like a Favre? Oh, he, he oh, mimicked yeah, yeah, the yeah, Favre, Favre pick, but it had a brown something. Yeah, in the with background. the shorts with the sh- with the short shorts. Yeah, yeah. In, in the in the like his college dorm room or whatever. Like Brett was a Southern Miss, right? Yeah, wasn't that it? Something and like the that. Packers drafted uh, him, or like the. That. Falcons draft or like his his childhood bedroom, wearing really short shorts. I remember you yeah. see a lot of Brett's leg. Yeah. Anyway, I miss those times. Much simpler times. I just hope Ohio State uh, is able to play the national championship game on Monday. I, I think they upset him, guy. I think they upset him. I don't. That's my but take. It'd be great to watch. All right. Adios. On that note, later. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.